I'm recording this episode a few days after Thanksgiving here in Canada, and I gotta say, I'm still in a little bit of a food coma. <laughs> Maybe I had a little bit too much pumpkin pie. Any of you other Canadians out there feeling this way right about now? Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table. I'm your host, Candace Eisner. Hey, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another a week at our podcast here. Um, this week, I wanted to tackle a topic that every single healthcare provider is faced with at one point or another, or actually probably faced with on a regular basis. I know I always was, and that's referrals. Um, but before I get into the topic proper, I do want to say that with all referrals, you always need to be aware of your conflict of interests that might arise in the, that situation. Now, for those of you who are um, in Ontario and regulated by the College of Massage Therapists, you know, that's a requirement. But really, no matter where you're listening from, that should really be a requirement anyway, because that's just that's just good business. That's just smart, you know. Um, it's great to refer your clients to other people if you really do feel they need the treatment and it's really great to accept referrals from other people in that same situation. But you always need to be wary of any situations where it seems like the referral is being done just to make money for yourself or the other practitioner and not because it's the best interest of the client. Are, are we clear on that? Do I need to talk anymore about that? I hope not. Really, you should always be thinking about what's best for the client and not what's best for you. And that, what's, that is exactly what brings me to the core of our topic today. So let's get into that. So generally speaking, referrals are a great thing, right? In my business, I'm always really grateful for referrals from friends and family and other clients. They're the lifeblood of any business, including my own, especially if you run a small service-based business um, like you guys do and like I do, right? It's so great knowing that people are thinking of me when someone they know needs a website. I'm sure you feel the same way about people thinking of you when someone needs massage. Um, I'm the kind of person who really wants to help people, especially if the person is a friend of a friend, and you're probably the same, but it can be a real problem. It's easy to get caught up in your ego and focus so much on you helping and you doing the work and you being great and whatever else and not looking at that bigger picture. So what's the best thing for this person that's being referred to you? Do they actually need my help? Ask yourself that question. Or would they be better served having someone else help them? And then if you add money into the mix, because it's a business and there is money in the mix, you've got a potential for a real mess. And there's always that fact that, hey, you know, money is a good thing since it lets us pay our bills and live our lives. And as well, people are generally pretty shocked when they offer to pay you for something and you say no. But trust me, that happens to me all the time when I tell people, you know, you're not a good match for me. They're, they're like, what? I want to pay you. Why won't you take me? So, but you know, sometimes you do have to say no, not just for the sake of your business, but really for the sake of the other person too. And like I said, with healthcare, you have to be thinking about the other person first anyway. Um, that's just really important. So when should you say no? So I've got three, three examples here of situations where you should say no. And the first is if the person needs something that you just don't do. So here's the thing. If you're new to your career, like really new, fresh out of school, you've only been working a few months or that sort of thing, and you're still learning where your strengths lie and where your niche is, what sort of clients you want to focus on, that's fine. You can go ahead and take clients that stretch you and make you learn new things as long as you're clear about that with the client, the fact that you're fresh out of school, you're still learning about their condition and how to properly treat it. Not saying you didn't learn it in school, but obviously if you're fresh out of school, you don't have a lot of experience yet. 
Anyway, if you're clear about that with clients, that's fine. You go ahead, you treat them, that's awesome. That's how you're gonna learn more anyway. But for those of us more established in what we're doing, where we've got a clearly defined audience, um, you know, we've got a clearly defined group of people that we're working with, it's really best to refer out to someone in the industry that does what the person actually needs. So an example from my own my own uh, business is that I frequently get referred people who are looking for e-commerce websites. Now, I don't do e-commerce. It's just not something that I do. I'll do really simple, you know, sell my e-book alongside my services or sell this t-shirt, you know, kind of thing. I, I do I do that, but I'm not really well suited to doing a full e-commerce website with a shopping cart and, you know, multiple options and, you know, um, there might be like a area for delivery and da 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 all that stuff. I'm not intimately familiar with the various e-commerce platforms out there and I don't work with anything other than WordPress. So I'm not a good choice for that. A similar situation for you guys as massage therapists would be if your style of treatment is focused on gentler techniques like say cranial or if you're you like to do more like holistic um, Reiki that kind of thing that's just your style and someone calls you and they want a super deep deep tissue sports massage maybe they're a competitive soccer player or something like that you know um, should you take that client well it really would be better to refer them to a colleague who does that type of stuff all the time, who really focuses on sports massage and maybe is quite familiar with the types of injuries and things that soccer players have. Um, that would make a way more sense than you taking them simply because they happen to call your office. Uh, these days, I've started really politely saying no to anyone asking for the stuff that I don't do well, like I just said. And I have to be honest with everyone involved, right? I'm not a good fit to do their website. And I really advise you to do the same thing. Just tell people I'm really, I really appreciate the fact that you called me, but I don't really do the type of treatment you're asking for. And if you do have a referral, say, hey, here's the number of somebody I know who is a great therapist and they do focus on the thing that you're looking for. So that's topic number one. So here's another thing that sometimes you need to refer out or just say no to the referral. And if that's the if the person is someone you don't usually serve. So this one's a little bit tricky, especially as healthcare providers, where for the most part you have to treat everybody. There is some, you know, there is some um, it's not a strict boundary around that, like some therapists tend to think, but essentially, you know, you don't want to take on clients or projects if you do the type of work that I do that are something you know very little about. Let me, let me pull out and, and talk about it from another angle for a second. So you wouldn't go see a dermatologist if you had a kidney problem, right? Or you wouldn't go to a makeup artist for a haircut, right? Because both kidney and skin problems might need a doctor's intervention, but you should really go see the right specialist for the problem that you have if you want to get proper help. And with the other example, you know, makeup and hair are beauty services, sure, but unless your stylist happens to be great at both, and that's really rare, you usually, you know, someone focuses on, you know, if they're a hairstylist, they really focus on that and they're not so focused on the makeup stuff, right? So if you need you need your hair cut, you probably want to go to a hairstylist. And if you need your makeup done for a special event, you probably want to go to a makeup artist. And so the same thing really applies to other types of businesses. So for example, if you're a family and children's therapist and an adult needs counseling for anxiety and depression, it doesn't make any sense at all for them to come see you. That's actually outside of like what your area of expertise is. 
So refer them to someone else who is who does see those types of clients, or at least refer them to a resource where they can find um, therapists that do that type of work. And for you massage therapists out there, a similar situation would be if someone comes to you for treatment, it's really something that would be better resolved by seeing another type of healthcare provider, for example, a chiropractor or a physiotherapist. You know, it, it may not be the situation where they need to see that person only, but you still want to make sure you refer to them if that's sort of their first stop is to see the chiropractor and then come back to you for more therapy, that's fine. But, you know, you should be referring out if what they need isn't best served by what you do. And so it's much better for everyone involved just to try to say no or not just try, but actually say no, than to try and make it work somehow. Um, you're you're going to end up with unhappy client most likely. And the third situation I want to talk about is the one that probably people run into the most, and that's if their timeline or their budget don't fit yours. Um, as much as we might want to help someone who has been referred to us by a trusted friend or colleague, it's also important to set reasonable, honest boundaries about our time and our income. If someone wants to book appointments at times that you don't work, you don't have to take them on as a client. If someone has unreasonable expectations around how long something will take to complete and they don't listen when you explain your processes, it's better to say no than to try to work with them, right? So if somebody's thinking that, you know, it's going to take a week and suddenly this chronic condition that they've had is going to be completely better and you don't, they don't listen when you try to explain, no, 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 this is going to take, you know, months of therapy and we need to do, you know, this is our plan and da, da, da. And they're, they're looking at you like, no, I'm not going to do that. You have to fix me in a week. It's better to say no than to work with them because they just don't have a realistic expectation and they're going to be frustrated that they spent the money on a week of therapy when or several weeks or whatever their expectation is and aren't completely fixed. I'm doing finger quotes right now. Um, you can probably imagine that. <laughs> Another example would be if you charge $100 an hour and someone can only afford 50, don't cut yourself short and take them anyhow, unless of course you have a policy around that. If you have space in your practice for a few lower rate clients, that's fine. If you wanna take them on you know, with that in mind, that's totally fine. But if that's something you never ever do, don't take them on, um, find another resource. There's always a way for people to get treatments. For example, with massage, they can go to student clinics. They're much less expensive and often they're getting a really good treatment because these, you know, they're, especially if they see a, an upper year student, like I went to a three-year program. So if you saw a third year student, you usually got a very good treatment. So doing these things that are outside of our normal workflow is only gonna end up in building resentment. And if you do them over and over, you're soon find that you're going to have a career that you're really unhappy in, full of clients who won't pay your full fee and they expect unreasonable things. And that's not good for anyone because you're just going to be frustrated. Chances are your clients won't be getting your very best work and you're going to feel some resentment towards those friends and family who, or whoever it was that referred you these clients that don't want to pay your full fee or have unreasonable expectations. So, you know, just say no, it's really better for everyone involved. So now we, that we've talked about that, you might be wondering, well, how do I say no gracefully? I don't wanna be a jerk. I don't, and I don't certainly don't want to upset my friend or family who referred me this person because that friend or family might refer me someone else in the future who would be a good fit, right? So what do I do? That's a really tricky situation, yeah. You know, I, I hear you. Um, the other side of this puzzle, of course, is to learn to say no in a graceful way. 
you never want to come across as rude or aggressive. Remember that, uh, you know, as I said previously, people tend to be surprised when you say no to money. Like they, some people get really offended, actually. So, you know, you can't really prevent that. But you can learn ways to communicate that sort of offset a lot of that or make it a lot less likely that someone's going to get upset. So you need to learn your own way around these. But I do have you know, some advice on how to talk when it comes to these things. So my biggest tip to saying no in a graceful way is to focus on their needs, not on you. So you let them know you're really not well suited to help them. Explain what it is that you do and show how that doesn't really match what it is they're they're looking for, you know, what it is they need. Let them know it's really important that you always do your best work with people and you feel that you just would not be able to give them your best work because you simply don't have expertise in what they need. Be really grateful that they thought of you or, you know, that your friend referred them, whatever the situation is, and that they were interested in working with you and, you know, be really nice about that. Be super polite and friendly, but you have to be firm as well. Don't, you know, don't waffle in the end because the person seems a little bit upset. You know, they might get upset, but overall, it's going to be better if they see someone else who whose area of expertise better matches what they need. And of course, if you have a referral suggestion of your own, someone who is, you know, ideally suited to see this the person, definitely suggest it because that's always helpful to them because then they know what their next step is. Um, and of course, as massage therapists, if you really don't know anyone, the least you could do is at least refer them to one of the websites where they can look up massage therapists in their area. That's that's at least something. That way you're not just leaving them with a black hole. I realize that does not give them specifics on who to see for their specific condition, but at least it gives them some direction to head in, um, you know, so, so they can find a therapist well suited to treat them. So have you ever had a referral situation that was tricky to work with? You know, I'd, I'd really love to hear about that. Um, you can shoot me an email or you can find me on Twitter. I'm Nixie on Twitter and just let me know about it. Um, sometimes hearing those stories is really helpful uh, to, you know, myself and to other people that I that I uh, work with, my clients that I do consulting with. So, yeah, if you don't mind sharing it, I'd love to hear it because, you know, that stuff's always helpful. All right. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you guys back here next week with another topic. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful to you in some way, or if you found one of the other episodes helpful, I'd really appreciate it if you gave me a rating over on iTunes. Just load up iTunes, find my podcast, and click the stars to rate. Um, I'd appreciate it if you gave me five stars, but I totally understand if you feel that I'm not worth five stars. Um, that said, do pop me an email or find me on social media to let me know what I can do to improve the podcast. I would also really appreciate that. Also, if you want to leave me a written rating on iTunes, that would also be really great. Thanks so much. And I hope you guys are listening again next week. Take care. The music for this podcast is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. Thanks, Jason.